Hello and welcome everybody! I at least think we are live! And that is live like flipping orbs live! So for those watching on Twitch live, hi and welcome! And for those who are listening to this in your favorite podcast app, I'll do the classic intro. Hello and welcome to Flippin' Orbs! My name is, as always, Gordon Anderson, and with me today on both uh, Livest Twitches and here on the pod, we have... Who wants to go first? Okay. My name is usually Elliot Davidoff, aka Beta Central. Maybe yeah, I, always, like <laughs> I am Seb. As always. Perfect. Uh, at least we are hearing each other and we are recording for the pod. So let's see. Maybe also the Twitch viewers are snapping up. Today we are doing a very special episode. And that is something incredible happened. The eternal central ban and restricted list was updated. Uh, whoa! <laughs> and um, yeah, Elliot, do you want to tell us what happened? Sure. So uh, those who have followed for a few years are probably aware that uh, in Sweden, the ban and restricted list updates once a year. But in the United States, the primary ban and restricted list for quite a while has been the eternal central list maintained by Jason Jaco, and it has not changed since... Not sure if it's ever changed or certainly not in sort of modern modern day old school past few years it's mm -hmm. been been static and uh just this week jaco announced that there is a change to the ban and restricted list for eternal central tournaments and that is that maze of it is now unrestricted joining uh, also the swedish rules and the atlantic uh, and pacific rules uh, in the u.s <laughs> which have which have started uh, more recently um with unrestricted maze of it so now basically all rule sets uh, that anybody I'm aware of is using across the world are consistent on Maze of Ith being unrestricted. Yeah, yeah I think that so. is actually quite cool. Or coolest, maybe long learn, but at last is my feeling. <laughs> Why uh, was it restricted to begin with, Gordon? Like to begin with in old school or yeah, in the beginning yeah. in 94? <laughs> old school, it's because of. It's because like, people think it's too powerful of a removal effect. And, mm -hmm. um, but that's that's from back in the day. That is and from back just, in the day. That, yeah, that, that, yeah I mean, it certainly was back in the day considered mm -hmm. to be too powerful, right? I mean, yeah. I remember. Yeah, and, and, and it lingered. Is, and, and I think the same when old school started, you just continued with that. Oh, it was too powerful then. I oh, I have these memories when my creatures <laughs> got untapped all the time, <laughs> uh, so it stayed restricted. Yeah, until. What is it? Swedish rules unrestricted two years ago? Mm -hmm. uh, almost one and a half at least. And nothing happened. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't okay. think so. We, we, talked about the, we talked about earlier that it took around maybe one to two, one year for a card that got unrestricted to get it to be like something to make an impact. But I don't think base has done that. Uh, yet, not, not much of an impact, but no. uh, there's there's not there's not a deck in the Swedish met, meta game that abuses me. Exactly, let's say yeah. right. Yeah. 
No, I've built a couple because I, as most people who are frequent listeners know, I am not a fan of white. And uh, therefore, I've tried to build a couple of decks without white. And the best removal you can use then, since one and a half years ago, was the Mace of Ith. But um, still, like a strip mine, uh, Chaos Orb, uh, Armageddon, and suddenly you're dead. Because mm-hmm. you don't actually <laughs> remove the creature with it. So right. it, I mean, it, it has gone so-so. <laughs> right, we, we, should, we should sort of say, I guess, strategically, what are kind of the pros and cons of, of Maze of Ith over other types of removal. Um, so one big benefit of it, uh, obviously it can be played in any deck. It's colorless, it doesn't cost any mana, uh, yeah. although it does cost a land drop. Um, but I think the biggest benefit is that it always <laughs> controls the opponent's biggest threat. Right. So whereas yes. if you use your source to plowshares early on a hypnotic specter or savannah lions, and then the opponent plays a Jusum or a Sarah Angel, you've already used your your source to plowshares. Whereas if you play Maze of Ith, it controls the hypnotic specter in turn two and three, and then it controls the Jusum on turn five and six. Right. Exactly. Um, so that's that's a big benefit. On the flip side, like you said, it only does that as long as it's in play. So <laughs> so if it gets yes. removed, suddenly that creature is back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the the way I see the, the pros and cons of it as removal. Yeah, yeah one of the, the like biggest... Um, um, like The thing people take up is it always removes the big creature and is so good with sweepers. And therefore it is too powerful and more powerful than Source to Plowshares. But if it's more powerful than Source to Plowshares, why is um, deck like the deck not playing that one single copy they can. Right, playing playing four swords and zero maze, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's a good point. It's it's clearly better when it has some synergy with what's going on in your deck. So sweepers, the abyss, wrath of god, etc. You know, forcing your opponent to, to play to the board with maze and then punishing them for that with a sweeper yeah. is, is clearly where it's at its best. Exactly. I think- Get three creatures out, you have two mazes, take some damage from the third, and then just all three are gone, and you need to play three more before you can start to attack me again. I think probably the deck is the most mana-hungry deck, uh, so that's a problem for it. There's probably a control environment that some mazes are good. You already mentioned it, Gordon, that if you don't play white, (laughs) it's a good card. And I actually start... Before Aetog became like locked in into a... I don't know... uh, Ankh of Mishra-ish environment, at least here. Uh, I thought that it was a really good answer to uh, Aatox running mm. around. Because it's like, okay, do you want to sacrifice anything? <laughs> do you want to, what do you want to do? Well, well, I can. So it's like, a, you can't really beat through it with an Aatox. But now, uh, yeah, they got the wind orbs and they got the, so, and, and probably Vice also. So this... Maybe Vice actually is a reason why Mace also isn't that uh, uh, efficient uh, card as it was before, actually. Uh, why do you think so? Because if you unrestrict Black Vice uh, and you're able to play more Black Vices, uh, if you just play Mace of It, you take damage each turn. You're not able to play your cards. So, uh, yeah. That could be, at least now, I think that deck, the Atog deck, is a good, like, uh, it really hates on the on, on many different angles, so. 
But uh, Elliot, what would you say this is a correct decision? Sure. I mean, you know, I, I've had a little bit of a hand in, in shaping the uh, the newest rule set that's being used, the Pacific rules, and we certainly thought it was um, not controversial to unrestrict Maze of it there. I, I guess maybe we could, before we dive into kind of specific synergies or, or what might yeah. change with uh, with Maze of it, we could say just a few words about the different um, rule sets and the different kind of philosophies around restriction, because uh, I think people might be wondering, you know, why has this changed or why has nothing ever changed? Um, before in, in Eternal Central, why has it been sort of more consistent? Other ones have had more frequent changes. So, um, you know, I certainly endorse this decision. I think it's the right decision. I think it's in some ways a long time coming, but also, you know, there's no huge rush in old school. We're not changing the, oh. <laughs> the carpool. So, um, you know, stretch, stretching out uh, the changes over a long period of time is just fine. I don't think anybody was complaining too much about it. Um, but uh, and like I was saying before we started recording, I think uh, there's an interesting kind of difference of philosophy about how to go about managing a restricted list uh, in a format. And one way of doing that is sort of to start with the assumption that all cards should be unrestricted unless proven otherwise, right? Innocent yep. until proven guilty with, with the cards being restricted. Um, and, and that's really, I think, the philosophy that... Uh, that Magnus has been following in Sweden, um, although in many ways, I guess it's he's been going about it the opposite way, where certain things kind of began restricted, and then if they were not sort of in theory seemed to be a problem, then they could come off until they demonstrated that they were in fact a problem. And actually, has there ever yeah. been a card unrestricted that later got re-restricted? Uh, no, ever no. Happened, right? Like every everything no. so far has been like. There has been heavy discussions, at least the last couple of years, before something has been done. And uh, like all the discussions that happens afterwards, when something gets unrestricted, like what the whole community goes, oh, but this and this and this. It's the same discussions as those that happened before. And it usually proves to play out as expected. But mirror, was that restricted from big from yep. the beginning? Okay, okay. Uh, so I always thought that when Mana Drain got restricted, it was because everybody played like four mirrors, but that wasn't mm. the case then. Uh, no, Mana Drain was restricted because it's Mana Drain. <laughs> <laughs> like. No, but in that environment, there was like yeah, some cards yeah clearly being uh, overplayed but i think that uh, mirror was one of the cards but i don't know which order things got restricted anyway or if you want to know you can go way back in the <laughs> flipping orbs uh, archive yeah, uh, yeah. here an amazing episode with uh, magnus mg de laval who goes through every noob con and ban restricted update that followed that was beginning. actually a very enjoyable, enjoyable episode. I do recommend checking that out if you have not. Yeah, it, it is, uh, it is one of my absolute favorites. I have a lot of favorites, but hearing <laughs> the story from the man himself about every single discussion and why and. Um, I, okay, but anyway, to, fi to finish my point, uh, yep, sorry. That, you know, one, <laughs> one, so one philosophy on, on restriction is is let's be as uh, laissez-faire as possible, right? Let's let's allow any every card to be unrestricted unless it's demonstrably a problem. Um, and of course, there's different definitions of what's problem, right? Does problem mean that it 
shows up in every deck if so you know then mishra's factory should be restricted in sweden right but it's not um yep. <laughs> is does problem mean uh that it you know inhibits um other archetypes uh, that otherwise might flourish does it mean it leads to unfun gameplay right there's a lot of possible definitions there, for problem there is a um, lot of things to think yeah. about and and then i guess the other well maybe there's even two other kind of philosophies i think uh for restriction one is foster the most most diversity right the most different yeah. archetypes uh in the in the um in the metagame and i think that's really been uh dave Firth bard's philosophy in trying to manage the atlantic rule set uh, is to have the most possible archetypes so for example unrestricted workshop allows a workshop archetype that otherwise isn't available um and uh, then the last philosophy is sort of curating a particular metagame that you think is fun or that you you know like for whatever reason and um you know perhaps to prop up certain archetypes that otherwise are not yeah not wouldn't be strong enough otherwise like, like building a cube you do it yeah exactly from like your making choices around what goes in your cube yeah and and i think to some degree that has been the the guiding philosophy for eternal <laughs> central to date uh is to give basically to give aggro a boost and the the sense was that maze of Ith would be a problem for aggro decks and that in the kind of state of nature of old school aggro decks are a little bit too weak um compared to control decks and uh restricting maze of Ith would would help prop them up and frankly you know i don't know if maze of Ith is the reason that we've seen more success for aggro in eternal central versus other um other formats but it, it has been the case that you know black mono black aggro um you know one uh the the big event at uh, eternal weekend last year for example um unpowered mono black aggro uh <laughs> and um, you know, and, and goblins and, and decks of that nature are, tend to be more competitive, I think, in, in Eternal Central. Or perhaps people choose to play them more. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to... Yeah, I, I, I think but. there's a couple of reasons why, and I do not think Mace is uh, one of them at all. <laughs> that, that is, that's Did, from my point. I think Fallen Empires well, say, does say, a lot. Say more. Uh, Fallen Empires does a lot. Yes, um, that's true. Him, him in the Tutorak is a great card against dirt layer decks. And uh, also Goblin the, the better, yeah, Goblin Grenade and the better aggro creatures um, in uh, Fallen. I think that yeah. is part of it. Uh, the other part is I think it's played more. Mm -hmm. uh, and sure, Fallen Empires makes it so it's played more uh, because it's more viable with those cards, but also the cheaper reprint rules than classic Swedish. But now. Like most of Europe are playing by Swedish ban restricted list, but with the same reprint rules as Eternal Central. So that should not be a factor anymore. Uh, and then my conclusion Fallen Empires, uh, Strip Mine, I do not believe uh, makes it uh, better or worse for aggro decks, because um, Strip Mine is just busted in every deck. And I think, uh, as uh, our friend here in Stockholm, Martin Berlin, once said, the best deck for a strip mine is Workshop. Hmm. I do believe that as well. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, the deck. <laughs> like, well, but you think let's the not deck get... is... Uh, okay, whatever. I, I think mm -hmm. the deck is super good uh, with strip mine. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, let's not dive into the strip mine debate. But yeah. yeah. More yeah although, although there is one, one important point to make about strip mine vis-a-vis Maze of Ith is it's, in some ways it's uh, ironic that Sweden unrestricted Maze of Ith before <laughs> yeah. Eternal Central when yeah. Stripmine is unrestricted <laughs> in Eternal Central is, but restricted uh, in Sweden. Absolutely. Right? 
Um, so you'd think that the that Mazavith, if it were a problem anywhere, it would be a problem exactly. where there's restricted strip mine, right? And but we've seen it has not, not in fact been a problem. Mm. No, uh, we have here in chat as we are for the first time ever doing this uh, live. We have uh, Svante Langroff in chat uh, saying a tog is the best strip mine deck, and yeah, uh, I, 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 I can go that. with uh, that as well. <laughs> I did not even uh, think about the a tog deck yeah. at all. Mm. Uh, but I'll, I'll sign off on uh, that one as well. Okay, but since this is a Maze of Ith podcast, what do we think is the best Maze of Ith deck? Uh, I have two decks, uh, okay. which I've played. Because um, I started brewing with uh, Maze of Ith as soon as it got unrestricted in Sweden, uh, for the reason we told later. Like, uh, I, only, I only owned one copy before that happened. I had to buy more copies. <laughs> Uh-huh. And um, two decks. Uh, one is Candle Flare, mm-hmm. and the other is uh, my special sweet pile, which I just love to death, uh, which I call Candle Beast. So, so how, it, how does it how does it work in in each of these decks? What does it do? Um, so, Candle Beast is a Guardian Beast. Uh, flip, uh, orb combo but uh, with the secondary plan of um, beating the opponent down with Mishra's Factories and um, that means playing a Candelabra or two or three or four Candelabras to untap the Factories and pump them uh, huge I think the biggest factory I've had is a 8-8 um, and um, if you play a Candelabra, why not also play Maze of Ith? Because mm. one Candelabra becomes another Maze of Ith if you have one in play. And if you have two Candlesticks and two Maze of Ith, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's some good defense. And as uh, it is really a combo deck, defense is what it wants. And the same with Candleflare. You can- you can also use the Maze of Ith on your own Mishra's Factory if you were, if you had two Mishra's Factories and are attacking into one blocker, you can uh, do some tricks there as well. Exactly, mm-hmm. you just maze your, maze your like unblocked or blocked creature, depending on if you want to kill the opponent or a creature, and pump and use the candlestick and do it yeah. once more, because you can actually use the maze to untap it once more, even though you mazed it once already you can untap it if it's already untapped yep yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so you can pay two with the candle to untap the mishra that uh, pumps and the mace of it and all then tap again to pump and then use mace to untap it again and pump yeah other stupid things like that and also i guess we need to address the fact that you can untap something after damage also hmm Yes. So you, that you, has you been can a discussion. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Even with Mishra or whatever, you can it's, it's kind of mind gaming in a way. do I need to block or do I need to and you always have like, okay, do I am I the aggressor? Then I can untap it and still keep it as a blocker, I guess. So, so is there a your Dusimarur build? Dusimarur build guy. Yes, is there cool. is there a deck that that uh, interaction you know matters a lot in? Like, that, could you yeah. build a deck around that idea? Well, there's 
one deck that really that's really efficient with that with Mace doing this, and that's the Eureka deck. Right. And it's because of Colossus of Sardia. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know if there's a deck per se. Uh, <laughs> we we I have I have some cards we we can delve into, and you can grade. Uh, we can do that, or we can discuss. Let's end the, the start. Keep. Let's do the discussion with your deck. Exactly. Let's uh, talk about one um, one more, and that's the candle flare deck, because mm-hmm. that is a classic combo deck where you use mono flare and candelabra to generate tons of mana, and it is quite a slow combo deck. Uh, so you need some protection, but all, once again, it's the candlestick that makes mace very good to use in that deck. And um, as that is a creatureless deck, my build also plays to the Abyss for protection. So you dedicate six slots for protection against creatures, and then you hope for the best against other things. <laughs> and um, that, that is... That's probably what we do when we're not playing white. <laughs> yeah. We hope <laughs> so, for the so best sort of. <laughs> in many situations. <laughs> Uh, the other deck I wanted to mention, which I think, um, just thinking about what will change in Eternal Central, right? What what decks might be helped or hurt by by this? Uh, the deck I wanted to mention was Troll Disco, which yes. I think is a great shell to use multiple Maze of Ith in. Um, and in particular, I played Troll Disco at the Eternal Weekend event last year under Eternal Central rules and made top eight uh, with a terror in my sideboard because I could only play one Maze of Ith in the main deck. Oh. And so it's like a no, no ah. brainer that that terror could have been another Maze of Ith. <laughs> Um, would have it mattered? Do you remember? I did get to terror. I did get to terror in Atog with it. I do recall that. So oh, that's that was, nice. that was pretty fun. Um, but but yeah, I think that's that's probably the the most competitive deck that I think is significantly helped by additional copies of Maze Fifth because of what we were talking about before, where you have Sweeper in the in the form of Nevenril's Disc uh, that makes the where Maze stays around after after the board exactly. sweep. So it's super super extra powerful. And yeah. in, in many ways, that's a better control environment for uh, that card. You, you don't right, really you're not, need Because you're all... not playing all the Felwar stones and, and things like that. Right? Exactly. And you don't need all the mana each turn. You're not using all that. Usually when you play against Troll Disco, you sit and stare at each other sometimes when you flip. <laughs> when you when the disc is in disc. play yeah. and active. <laughs> Exactly. Or when you've just used your disc because like, okay, let's start this over. And if you haven't deployed your sedge trolls or whatever. So Right. And I, because that deck is typically just red black or, or Grixis, there is I mean the there's poor targeted removal, right? There's terror and there's mm-hmm. lightning bolt and fireball, but that's that's really what you have to, to get rid of opposing creatures. Yeah. Um, and you really and want those lightning bolts for thumbs. Right. And when the Jusum do comes do? down, your lightning bolt isn't going to help. So, mm. um, yeah, Maze of Ith is, is pretty perfect in that deck. Mm. Yeah. Like, Grixis colors are the most fun and they needed removal. Um, mm. I think it's yeah. really, really good. Those are, those, uh, that's three decks. Mm-hmm. And, um, we can probably burn another know if, deck. I don't know or if your so. candle. I don't know if your candle beast, whatever, is is a real deck, but yeah. Hey, there, <laughs> there is an article on the Walkwalk's blog about it with four different builds. It is amazing. Did you did you write this article? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm gonna you're you're being proud that you write it, but and, <laughs> we, uh, we, we, 
We hey, kind of I'm, knew I'm, I'm going we to the finals uh, of a, a smaller tournament with about 20 people. Yeah. Uh, 18. Okay. Uh, with uh, it. I play maybe up to three uh, mace in my Eureka deck. So I think hmm. Eureka is a really good uh, deck for mace. Since mm-hmm. you get to deploy it with your Eureka if you... Right, right. So then the, the issue of losing your land drop doesn't matter. So that's... Yeah, nice. exactly. Uh, but I haven't really thought of a deck for the <laughs> card. More of cards being good with the mace or good against uh, other cards, opposing cards. Oh, yeah. Now I'm looking at my article. I also put it in the chat for those watching on Twitch. And I, f- I forgot the most important build. That That's Elliot. That's why you say the words you're saying about it. It's because <laughs> it's it started it out without the beast combo. That was just because mm. I love the beast combo. It started out with just the factory part and four copy artifacts to copy mm. the candle yeah. or the factories to just swarm the board with the factories. Mm-hmm. Make the biggest possible factory. All right. That's, yeah. I can get behind that. That sounds like a deck that actually could uh, uh, suit your taste. Mm. Hey, Elliot, have you ever tried Ashes to Ashes in your like disco deck or something? Not in not in disco, but I feel like I've tried. I maybe put that in a sideboard of a reanimator deck or something like that yeah. once upon a time. But. That's a card I always try to get in when I play those kinds of deck, but I never. I always take it out like the last thing I do. I don't know if Five damage is pretty not. rough. I feel like maybe yeah. in like a greed ivory tower deck or something, it would be yeah. good. But you, you need some way to, to make up for the five damage. It's, I think you can probably get a lot of people with the card. It's kind of a spike card, you know, not the you're being spiky, but it's like with spike, the card. You're like, mm-hmm. ha-ha! <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> I think you probably could get some people with that card because black usually don't have that kind of removal. Uh, but yeah... I haven't really found. You're, you're probably right. Something you need the more life, or I don't know if like the all aggressive black decks even play Ashes to Ashes. I haven't really. All right, we seen gotta it. we gotta put it in a deck with Diamond Valley, like we were talking about uh, <laughs> yeah. in, our, in our last recording. <laughs> Bring that back. I, I did uh, try. By the way, I tried playing. I tried playing the Diamond Valley Serendip Jin deck. Uh-huh. Uh, I I built it. I played it this past week, and it was. Okay, not great. <laughs> yeah, I would not do there. But, and, but did you um, have fun? <laughs> it, I was fun. Actually, I never even got Diamond Valley into play. So basically, ah, it was well. just a Serendip Jin ramp deck. So whatever. Okay, okay. Serendip Jin ramp deck. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess if, if I can build a factory candlestick copy artifact deck, you can build that. I'll give you that. Um, I just realized, as we are doing our first live recording ever on Twitch, uh, we have some um, persons who are watching the stream and have no idea who we are or what we do. Uh, so just a quick reminder for those viewers out there. We are Flippin' Orbs, a podcast you can find on all your favorite podcast platforms, not only here on Twitch. This is mostly as a test to see if uh, this is a good idea as well to put it out as in as many forums as possible. Yep, that was the small plug. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Seb, I think uh, next segment here, I think you are the one who's going to lead us into 
the brewing, the yeah. magical brewing space. Do you have anything from your soundboard to? No, uh, <laughs> sorry, my soundboard uh, okay. is a bit screwed up. I, I can do like, I can I can do like this. Uh, let's see, we can flip the table on screen, and uh, it's it's the same as my last test stream. I can do a Monty Python run away there or something like that. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So I'm figuring that we I will mention some cards and you guys will give it a grade. Maybe I should give it a grade also from one to five and we can like find a winner uh, in this new meta where you're able to play, play uh, Miss of it. So I, I've found cards that are probably good with Mace of it. Okay. Okay, so you you have uh, a list of cards that will be good with Maze of It that you yeah. now can play all over the whole world, not mm -hmm. just the coasts and Europe. And we are going to do what? Yeah, I'm going to mention a card, and you're going to give it a grade from one to five, each of you. Just one to five, and not a, like one to seven, which is okay, more of a one correct. to like the episode numbers. What you have there, one to five point five. Yeah, sure. And I can I can use the drunken uh, the drunk meter here. <laughs> so, uh, you you can you can give a small statement on why you chosen to grade is grade it as such. Okay. Okay, sure. Elliot, you you, you take the first uh, card. Okay. Uh, the first. Uh, you're you're you, the, you fir the first the first shot on the first card. The bus. I'm gonna <laughs> yes, be the yes, that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> so. This is you playing the card and okay. now having uh, access to Mesa Vit. So, Juggernaut. Juggernaut. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, meaning I've, I'm playing with Juggernauts and I'm also playing with Mesa Vit? Or yes, my yes, opponent yes. is playing with Mesa Vit? You're, you're playing with uh, Mesa Vit. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, this could go in a in like a mono-brown kind of deck and where you're Maybe you have your candelabras even, and you're trying to do more of an aggro thing with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would not have necessarily thought of Juggernaut, but actually, I would give that like a three out of a five. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, save your Juggernaut when when need be, uh, or have it up to block, uh, even if it gets through. Um, yeah. yeah th three out of five. Okay, Gordon. Gordon is doing uh... <sighs> a three out of five. Is that high or low? Uh, I'll, I'll give it a one out of five. One out of five? <laughs> Why? Give us your reasoning. Juggernaut. Is it because you don't put it in that those kinds of decks? Or is it... Um, like, I, I would not play uh, them in the same deck. And also okay. Juggernaut is not a good card. Well, that, that doesn't... You're, you're, you are playing. It's, does it make Juggernaut a better card? With Mace of It. Okay, it, it makes it a 0.3% better card. So, <laughs> so the answer is probably, the answer is yes, but but still. So 1.5. Okay, sure. 1.5. Oh, we have a guest in the background. Yeah. Uh, so, and uh, Elliot gave it a 3. I would probably give it a 3 also. Yeah. Mostly because, uh, yeah. We're, we're fetching cars here. 
mostly because I think well, some uh, things that's not that good with Juggernaut is you have to attack each turn, and we already uh, talked about you being able to untap it, and you can untap it if the opponent has, I don't know, what what creatures do you have that's stronger or uh, a mischievous factory? Than, I mean, that's like why yeah. Juggernaut is terrible, right? Because yeah, maybe. <laughs> if the opponent has a mischievous factory, it can't attack profitably. Yeah, but then you have a blocker. I don't know. Sometimes right. I, I've played Juggernaut, and I think sometimes you need him as a blocker, and you're able to have him as a blocker. But then again, uh, maybe you have your Mishra also. Then yeah. I, just, uh, I think it's slightly better. I just need to throw out a big thank you here for the um, to old school MTG who donated uh, fifteen bucks uh, for Buckaroos. the stream and uh, the podcast. I didn't see the alert. Still trying to get this Twitch thing uh, working as it should. Mm-hmm. So sorry about missing that. Um, thank you very much. A big shout out to Marcus who sits behind that account. Marcus Lundqvist in uh, London. Go and uh, play some magic in London with the Brothers of Fire if you ever visit there. They deserve okay. a shout out. The Brothers of Fire are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, clearly. Actually, uh, sorry to interrupt Seb's whole segment here. Um, an interesting possible uh, use for Maze of Ith is in, since you mentioned the Brothers of Fire and they have an upcoming uh, event that is team unified, right? Uh, where you have to have th- field three separate decks that don't use more than four uh, of the, you know, that obey yeah. as if they were all together as a single deck, you know, still have to obey the restricted rules. So I bet Maze of Ith is a little better in Team Unified because every mm-hmm. deck doesn't have access to Swords of Plowshares or whatever. So anyway, just thought of that. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, let's get on. Wait, I have, I have, I uh, just moved three, four, everything five, six, here seven. on screen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cards. So we're done one. Okay. Uh, Miss. Okay, Gordon, you're first now. Okay, sure. Uh, Mister Sanger Vampire. Hmm. Yeah. Or is it a Mrs? I don't know. No, it's, <laughs> it's not it Grandma Sanger. <laughs> okay. Okay. How? How? How does Sanger Vampire gets better with Mace? Well, because of the. I don't know. Okay, just give it a grade. And, uh, <laughs> so okay. you're, you're, you're doing one here again. <laughs> okay, my, my grade is... Say what now? That's my grade. I'm not even going to say uh, okay. 1.5. Okay. Sorry. I, my, my reasoning behind even taking this card is because of its uh, ability to eat creatures, I guess. Yeah. So you untap but- it after... Uh, damage and you have the but I've played with Sanger Vampire and I've always felt this like okay I need to raise and whatever and usually if you have him as a blocker the opponent might swarm the board say he has three apes or maybe two and you can still attack and you can untap it and you can eat an ape if he attacks into you that's pretty cool sure Elliot what do you think about this but you uh, need to give I, it a yeah. grade, so I'm putting one. Yeah, I would. Here. I would give it. I would give it a two out of five on yeah, that two. basis. Okay. Um, no, I mean, you, you know, it's basically virtual vigilance, right? You're giving Sanger Vampire vigilance. So yeah. is that worth a whole card? I mean, no, you wouldn't mm-hmm. play Eternal Warrior uh, mm-hmm. on your on your Sanger Vampire because that card is terrible. But it, <laughs> it, since you're also getting some additional benefit out of the Maze of Ith and being able to control an opponent's creature, you know, having that side benefit of giving your 
creature vigilance. Sure, it's worth a little bit of something. Yeah. I am putting down a three here <laughs> because I think <laughs> that's the best uh, kinds of deck for the Mace of It. You need Mace of It in the environment where you play a singer vampire, usually. And if an opponent has uh, one or two Mishras, you can, uh, well, he can't really attack you. So I think it's it makes Sanger a bit better. Okay, so so making a creature gain the vigilance, but especially if you can make Sanger vampire have vigilance, that is okay. Well, yeah. the game is it's it's make your own Sarah Angel. Yeah, whatever. The game is does it? Do you think it's better? With uh, Mace of It. Okay, it is okay. better with Mace of It as yeah. every other creature is. I'll give it a two just to make you happy. Okay. Well, I'm not happy. You can. You can. No. So, okay. I'm never happy. Is every, no. is every card on Seb's list a creature? Uh, no. I have <laughs> okay. two cards that's not creatures. And we have uh, five to go. Actually, maybe two and a half cards that's not creatures. Mm. I'll, I'll be uh, right back. Yes. Uh, Tell, tell 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 Elliot about the next card. Or okay. Do whatever. We I'll already be back talked. In Thirty seconds. We already talked about it. It's the Sedge Troll Troll Disco thing. So how much mm -hmm. do you think Sedge Troll or maybe even Disc is better? Yeah, Disc Disc gets better. I think Sedge Troll on its own is not doesn't particularly matter. I mean, I guess it's for the same reason as Sanger Vampire, right? Having being able to attack with your sedge troll and then have it untapped to block and regenerate is obviously good. So maybe sedge troll gets a two out of five disc. I think gets a four out of five disc is way better with Mace of It. Okay, let's let's bring down disc then, so we don't have that many creatures here. I'm, I'm removing sedge troll. I just wanted to uh, have the a beta troll or an alpha type there. Uh, Are you removing the beta sedge troll? No, I, I, I have not, do not have the uh, rights in this forum here to remove the beta. I could just remove one of the. <laughs> and uh, the when, reason when why I took back, a small uh, break was um, <laughs> can't record flipping orbs without something to drink. Uh, especially now that on Twitch we actually have a drunk meter. It's mostly actually there for the upcoming um, streams. Uh, I will fly down to Italy in a couple of weeks to stream uh, the Fishley Royal Cup, which uh, will be one of the world's biggest old-school tournaments. Oh, there we have them. The cars. <laughs> For those who are listening to the podcast, um, sorry to say you just missed Beta Sedge Troll showing up some Beta Sedge Trolls. There we have him. <coughs> so, Elliot, how many Sedge Trolls are we talking about here in that binder? I think there's four beta and only three unlimited for some reason. Okay. I'm not sure why. There. Uh, well, it, it, it's the binder's fault. I see you have like those with the three on each. Yeah, that is why. Okay, Gordon. Uh, I will drag you through this mess. Disc. How much? How, what, what grade will you give it? Uh, how much better it becomes. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you have one to five too. Is it still one to five or one to seven? Yeah, one to five. Okay. You can give it a seven. I will put down five. Uh, <laughs> uh, out of one to five, I will say this becomes um, four or four point five better. Okay, okay. Well, that's cool. I'll probably I will do a three. <laughs> <laughs> Have you said Just anything else? Just for consistency's else? sake. <laughs> 
Oh, well, if you guys think it's so good, I need to like take it down a notch. And if you don't care about it, I need to bring it up a notch. And that's usually three. Uh, we already talked about Colossus of Sardia. Well, it's actually playable. I could start now because I already addressed the fact. So yep. I will actually give this a five. Uh, it's hard playing with that card. And the Eureka deck uh, can really play it if you have, you're able to play uh, Mace. So I'm bringing down a five. Slap it. Okay. 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 Sure. Who's sure. next? Uh, it's you, Gordon, I guess, this time. Yeah, sure. Um, Colossus Sardia gets a three from me. A three? Mm -hmm. Reasoning? Uh, reasoning, it becomes a lot better, but it's still a nine-mana creature. Mm -hmm. uh, so you either need to find a way to sheet it out uh, so you don't have nine mana to untap it. If you cost it, you actually have nine mana to untap it. Um, mm. Okay, sure, mana You can reanimate uh, it also. And, yeah. Like if you, but or if you, you can, don't cheat it out, the maze. Uh, sure, it's it, um, you can, uh, <laughs> how is how is anime dead not cheating something into play? I don't know. I think Eureka is the most cheating. Uh, I think the other one is more. It's harder to get it into the graveyard first. Also, ah, whatever. Uh, okay, Elliot. Yeah, since we're, I don't know, Gordon's grading on a, no, no, you're grading on a curve. Gordon's not grading on a curve. He won't give the card credit for being way better with Maze of It if the card is still bad. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll split the difference and say four out of five. Four. Well, that's good. And you you agree with me or how's the why? How's the why's and why not? Yeah, I mean, it's it becomes playable, right? I mean, I would, I would, I've kind of toyed around with the mono green Eureka with Colossus. You can also play yep. uh, Instill Energy as another way to untap mm -hmm. it, so... Um, yeah, it's worth a shot. And you can play, maybe play it as some kind of twiddle, eureka, weird thing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Twiddle! I haven't put in twiddle. Like an honorable mention. Twiddle is maybe it's more fun with the more maces also. Okay, next twiddle, card. Twiddle becomes uh, uh, 4.2 better. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, does anybody play Maze of Ith in Twiddle Vault? It seems like a reasonable card there because it could, it can give you a, a little bit of protection while you're trying to assemble your combo. I think well, the, I, the I, I most... think uh, you are correct in uh, it's a reasonable card, yeah. but um, how the deck is right now, it's more, you don't play any protection. The mm -hmm. most successful version of it just plays creatures in the sideboard instead. Right, uh, like the I don't know Urnams. Gordon, do you remember? It's mm, Philip yeah. Garcia's uh, yeah, version, uh, latest version of it. In uh, he played it in Newcom. He went yeah. really well with it. Well, he did. He, yeah, he was yeah. like in contention for top eight, and you're still. <laughs> you weren't in contention for top eight. <laughs> he was. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> so he I played Urnams uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know some creature maybe. Serendips in the cyber also. Uh, yes, it did. He, um, no, he, I think he played the um, Sarah Angels and boarded mm -hmm. into um, Geddon okay. deck. Um, I or, didn't think or he played it was white. an Arabian aggro. It was either of them. You can do whatever. Yeah. But it was more the most successful variant, best variant thingy I was checking. I'm not. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that's I, a discussion I, for another time. 
But um, I think it's probably a good card in that deck also. It's um, the same with the as with the, the decks we talked about earlier, like Candle Flare. Uh, but there you can use. Oh, oh the, if you want to build a more slowish combo deck mm? uh, with some control elements, I think uh, Maze is a perfectly reasonable card if you're not playing white, and especially if you have cards like Twiddle. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. Next card. It's but we have a question in chat here. No yeah. drunk meter on is sub drinking alcohol-free beer. And you, you're having something also. Yeah, I actually added one on the drunkometer. I've had one. Uh, uh, one one point five. Four point. Four point two. Yeah. Four point two. Yeah. The it same like grade five, as right? I gave Twiddle just to you. <laughs> if no one. But now. If I'm it went like this. A, now we're we're really keen on the alcohol, uh, like. Addressing how much alcohol you have in the beers here in Sweden. There it is. 5.3 now. Yeah. Because uh, here in Sweden, Elliot, we, you can only buy up to 3.5 in the like supermarket. You need oh, to go to the supermarket. To, yeah. Okay. You need to go to a special store to buy all above. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it's all about the base. No, all about the alcohol. All about the alcohol. Ne the next card is... Uh, Elliot going first? Uh, yeah, I think it's Elliot first. Uh, it's the Abyss. Or uh, and slash Drop of Honey. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I mean, the Abyss doesn't need any help, right? Like, that card is already really good. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I give it... Two out of five. It's, it's yes. It's a little bit better with the Maze of Ith because you, you know, before you drop it, right? It's better in your hand with the mm -hmm. Maze of the Ith, Maze of Ith in play because mm -hmm. uh, you force your opponent to to play out to the board with the Maze of Ith, and then you drop the Abyss and punish them. Um, I guess same thing with Drop of Honey, uh, but also again, it, it you know only if it's in your hand, right? You have to um, get them to play out their creatures first, and then you can sweep them with Drop of Honey, Drop of Honey only kills one per turn, so it's not quite as... Oh, but you still have the Maze of Ith to control the other one. So as long as they get two creatures out, you're not going to take any damage, and um, you can remove them both. So it becomes a two-for-one. So yeah, bo both of them, I would say, Drop of Honey, because it's coming from a lower starting point than the Abyss in terms of how good it is. So maybe I give that a three out of five. Abyss, two out of five. Okay, two slash three. Uh, I can go next, Gordon. Yeah, do it. I think uh, your your reasoning is sound. <laughs> I, but I, I think also that usually when you have an Abyss in play, or maybe not Drop of Honey, but if you have an Abyss in play, you, like you said, you have to, have to go wide if you don't have an answer. And then you, if you have the Mace or whatever. But also, if you, it's a good, if you have a Mace, you also have to go wide. <laughs> so... It's it's a two for one either way, I guess, because yeah you need to have something to go beyond the maze and then you can start eating up the creatures. So yeah, I'll give that a three. And uh, the drop of honey, the problem with drop of honey is it 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 get discarded, destroyed. What does it say uh, if you don't have any creatures in play, right? Yeah, it... if there's no creatures in play. Yeah, uh, it's probably discarded. Yeah. And yep. So we have it on screen for those uh, who okay. are watching. So it's 
probably yes. slightly, slightly better still, I think. If you're playing that card in a green deck, uh, you probably need answers, and I think you're probably playing most of it, so I'm giving it two also. Um, okay, I, I am, um, I'm giving it a five. Mm-hmm. Going. Uh, Are we talking about the drop of honey now? Uh, but I'm, I'm, I uh, am, okay. I'm going to give them uh, the same score, mm-hmm. even though drop of honey is worse. Like, uh, no, drop of honey maybe a three, mm-hmm. uh, abyss five. The reasoning is one mace, two mace. The opponent plays creatures, then you drop the abyss, and it is almost a hard lock against creatures. Uh, it is like it is a lock. Mm. If he doesn't find an answer to your maze or to your abyss, it is over. That's mm. just how it is. And yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because if you're uh, if you're playing a deck like Arabian Aggro, let's say, and the abyss comes down, and you don't have any means to remove the abyss, your you best shot open. is to is to just draw running creatures for a few turns yes. in a row, right? And if you can get two creatures out and then you have to sack one and attack and you drop another and you keep doing that for a couple of turns, maybe you can get over it. But if there's a single maze in play, that doesn't work. Mm. Exactly. So, um, and, and that's why I say the Abyss gets very, very much better uh, because of the mazes. Uh, mm. So in a maze deck, it's, it's almost a combo. Yeah. Uh, not just a good combination. And if you're playing uh, the drop Abyss, of honey doesn't get the same just because of that uh, last sentence that it's discarded. Because if it's discarded, it's no longer a lock. Then the opponent yeah. can start to play creatures again. You can wait it out. Yes. If you don't, if you're not playing some weird deck that where you need to kill your own creatures, <laughs> yeah, or, or if you have uh, four drop of honey, so. Then, then it's okay, because you yeah. can play one, and when it's gone, and the opponent's like, yaha, now I'm going to beat those maces, and you just like, drop a honey Is there something for our uh, Diamond Valley deck, Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> Four drop of, drops of honey? I think, I think if you're wasting land drops on both Diamond Valley and Maze of Myth, this is probably not going to work out and, very well. And, and, but you have the drop of honey. But you have drop of honey. <laughs> well, that gives you time, right? I'll sack my creature to Diamond Valley before Drop of Honey can take it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Combo. Okay, okay next uh, card. The next card is we already been. We, a, a shoes disc earlier. This is Guardian Beast. So it's. Uh, you can think about deck archetypes or you can think about the card Guardian Beast. Like because you can attack for two with Guardian Beast and then untap it and still protect your artifacts. Yeah, well, that's the first. I give that a, I give that a but, zero but, out of five. But, but also, <laughs> like the Guardian Beast decks are probably more controlish and maybe sure. they don't have to be white. As I told uh, you about my Guardian yeah, Beast yeah. maze deck, but but the thing Elliot is saying is does it matter? Well, no, because okay, I attack for two. Yeah, and now I untap it. Okay. In response to untapping it, I'll destroy your artifact. Right. Like, well, that's uh, true. So I use my second mace to untap it in response, or yeah. It works no. around. Does it work around shadow storms? I, yeah, I, would, I think shadow storm and. <laughs> okay, I, I would, I would, I would give it a one. Yeah, one. Just because there is actually something there, like when you have two maces or against sorcery speed shadow storm and. Yeah. You you can be playing the 
uh, scepter deck, like you discard down the opponent's hand. And you don't want the, it to be tapped in his draw step, you know. He can draw, draw a re- removal. And then you can untap it <laughs> after attacks. <laughs> so you have the clock. <laughs> so that's a one, okay. Okay, Elliot, are if, you, if your Guardian Beast deck is relying on attacking with Guardian <laughs> Beast for any reason, you're doing it wrong. Well, or, or very, no, very I'm, right. I'm, I'm one games that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not going to maybe build a deck around that as a win con. Yeah. But it, but or maybe actually I will. Because Elliot, aren't you like me on that? Isn't it fun to just have one obscure win con in the deck? So you build Just this one. whole combo controlish with Guardian Beast, and you don't like. Eh, I don't need a win con. I don't even need factories in this because right once well, when, once when you've killed I, all of your opponent's permanents with yeah, with Chaos Orb, you then have sure, the attack with Guardian Beast. That's fine. Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I think have, that's a perfect perfect win con. We had some visitors that wanted to play against El with us. Do you remember Gordon? And uh, you uh, your against... cam uh, just died, and a hand comes into my image. Did my cam die? No, oh, it's back again. Okay, it's probably some screensaver yeah. thing. But uh, but uh, you're always telling it completely wrong. So <laughs> no, um... but my version is better. So yeah, because <laughs> cool. more cards do we have to get? Tr- truth uh, or one better? One more after this. One more. <laughs> so then we're done. Take t- take the one more. Okay, Gordon, I want to hear is no one don't want people to hear this story. So, uh, Elliot, you put down for Guardian Beast. Also, it doesn't seem like you want to give it a high grade. So, are we are we putting down you for a one here or? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a one. one I've given it a zero, but I'll, I'll upgrade to a one. Elliot, I, I can I can give you the the best wing con ever if you want to do something fun. Yes, when okay. we're talking about hitting for two. Last okay. uh, last game night in Stockholm, my wing con was beating the opponent to death with a time vault. Under uh, under Titania song or with um, an animated artifact or a scenic poltergeist. Animated artifact or, or poltergeist. Yeah, that's yep. that's reasonable. Um, I was going to say, what about Maze of Ith as your wing con? How would you how would you do that? Living plane. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually quite good. I have won a game attacking with Maze of It. Uh, okay, Love lost cards, guys. And then I will give you the results. I, I, I gave Guardian Beast a 2 because I like the idea of just having Guardian Beast as a win con. <laughs> well, okay. if, if the opponent don't give up when you Chaos Orb all his permanents each turn, you you need to have something to win with. So, uh, last card is Mishra. We already talked about it a bit. Gordon, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Mishra's factory. Let me just get that on screen for those who are watching and not just uh, looking so they know what Mishra's factory does. Because no one knows. Yeah, uh, Mishra's factory gets uh, gets a two from me. Mm-hmm. It's um, we talked about it earlier, but it's more the candelabra that makes it better, according to me, not the uh, Mishra. Even though you can do cool stuff with the uh, uh, mace, but it also depends, because factory um, also makes mace of it 
worse. Okay, mm -hmm. hear me out. If the opponent <laughs> has two Mishras, your mace is not as good as it should be. Okay. He attacks for four, two Mishras, two each. And your mace will only be able to remove one damage, not half of it. Mm -hmm. How does that work, Elliot? I, I mean, yes, I agree that's true. Um, but I don't really know what to make of that. <laughs> so the opponent attacks with two Mishras and you mace it, and then he uses it to pump the other, so you take three damage. And right, but if you didn't have the maze, so, then you'd be taking four damage, so, I mean, it's still a little bit better. Yeah, but Mishra's Factory makes maze worse. As opposed to maze making Mishra's better. No, I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, Opponent's uh, Mishra's making opponent's my maze worse right, right. than my maze is making my Mishra's better. Well, the solution to all clear, of this is clear. four strip mines everywhere, right? Let's... <laughs> let's not... Open that bag of worms. Okay, so Elliot, Mishra. I give Mishra, uh, setting aside Gordon's uh, edge case <laughs> there, um, I'll give it a three out of five. Three out of five. Since you can, since okay. you can attack cool, through cool, with cool. the Mishras against a blocker and then do tricks, I think that's yeah. pretty nice. The tricks probably can win you a game in some kind of way. Yeah, I'll right. probably give it a three also. I think the biggest problem is you you can't play Mishras and... It, okay, if Mesovith isn't considered a land, maybe it doesn't matter. But you need... So in the most decks, you need a good mana base. And that's why I never... I always like, okay, this time I'm going to try a bunch of Mesoviths. But I always like, okay, I already got the lands and I want to play all these cards. And I just put one in the sideboard or something. Right, how about fast bond? We need some kind of fast bond deck where you can really get all those mm. lands out, right? We haven't even talked about oh, fast bond. Oh yeah, actually, I built uh, one of those as well. Uh, I tried it like one or two <coughs> times. Uh, we have some, is it uh, Lich? Uh, well, yeah, we have, actually, that's what I was going to say before. I think Lich is 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 good with Maze of Ith because of yeah. the reason I was thinking for Time Vault is really you need to set up and protect your combo, but there, yeah. it, once you have made the combo active, it's actually you have to continue to protect it because yeah. uh, potentially you don't win that turn and getting attacked by a Jusum when you have Lich in play is a serious problem. So <laughs> oh, is of it? it? Is it? Of it is, uh, and you probably already have fast bond in your Lich deck if you're doing it right. So yeah, I think that, that could be yeah, a good spot. Uh, okay, I'm trying to um, end this segment, but yeah. let's quickly, but, uh, quickly, just give yeah. a grade on fast bond, Gordon. Give a grade because I I forgot that card. That's pretty. That's a pretty good card to have. Uh, so, how much better the mace become with fast bond? In uh, some that, way, yeah. Uh, in some way, it becomes uh, four. Uh, four. Better. Elliot. Uh, it's not a five. Uh, Elliot. <laughs> God <laughs> damn! You're <laughs> trying to just stress this out. Well, I'm, because uh, Elliot needs to go soon. <laughs> yeah, I know, but still. Oh yeah. yeah, we're just we're just about at the top of the hour. Yeah, I'll yeah. give it a four as well. I think. Uh, I mean, there's not that much to do with Fast Bond in old school, unless you have a... I mean, a Lich deck would use it, an Enchantress deck would use it. Uh, I don't know, does Enchantress want Maze of Ith? Probably not. Um, it wants yeah. Paralyze. But clearly, I mean, the, the fundamental problem with Maze of Ith being that it's a land and therefore wastes your land drop, Fast Bond obviously helps with that, so I think that's a good, good pairing. I tried to build a lands deck once. 
that was focused on just playing all the different lands, candelabra. But possible. what does it do? I mean, is it a living nothing. plane deck, or does it do? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. It, <laughs> it, it, it nothing. had two wing cons: one living plane and one fireball, or two fireballs, or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, probably, it should have one more living plane, but otherwise, it's trying to use the draw sevens. Like Seb, you're doing all this yeah, strange well, thing, like so you're not that. in cam. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, I'm uh, I'm trying to it's a, end it's the, a, this thing here. I think you can build a lands deck that isn't horrible, hmm? but because it 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 actually functioned like twenty percent of the time, maybe twenty five <laughs> when you drew draw sevens. That was okay. It. So uh, putting Fastbone in the mix because I gave it a four. I thought that was. Pretty awesome. If you find a possible deck that works, I think base of it is probably good in it because it's a card that just does something and it's a land and you can deploy it. Basically free, cost, yeah, whatever. So what what card do you think won? Do you even remember all the cards? What, we have uh, the, the Abyss one. I think the Abyss. The Abyss, okay. Yeah. Well, so now we need we need like a we need like a Grixis control deck with the Abyss with Maze of it. That sounds like the, well, the sweet actually, spot, right? Fastbone was the winner here. Oh, well, whatever. With twelve points. <laughs> okay. Uh, Abyss ten points. Uh, disc eleven point eleven point five points, and Colossus of Sardia twelve points. So we have a tie between Fastbond and Colossus of Sardia. So somebody build the Fastbond Colossus of Sardia Abyss deck. Sure. Pretty good deck, you, right? You need lands to cost Colossus. Exactly, exactly. And it works around the Abyss. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do okay, like well, your face, no, Elliot. So you got, well, I'm just thinking. So we got black and green. You could have Eureka yeah. and Animate Dead. I mean, you can yeah, kind of do yeah. everything, right? We could do whatever we like here. <laughs> okay. And we could, play, we could play a Diamond Valley or two, even. Sure, why not? <laughs> I want to, to see this uh, list being made. <laughs> we, could play, we could play Force of Nature in this deck. Not with the Abyss, maybe. but <laughs> Not with the Abyss, no. <laughs> if we give it haste with the Concordia Crossroads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... Um, that, guys, uh, for those listening uh, in um, podcast uh, form, I'm going to do the sign-off. If you're watching live, maybe one or two of us uh, hangs around a bit longer. But for the podcast crew, Flippin' Warps episode, I have no idea. Uh, Seb is looking up on what might be right 25. Now. Didn't we say it was 24 last time? I think this must be 25. Then I will it's say our, it's 25. It's our silver episode. Yeah. Silver episode. Flipping Orbs <laughs> episode 25 is now over. You find me at Gordon Anderson everywhere. And you find Elliot as. Beta Sedge Troll. <laughs> you say you put it as a question. I agree. Yeah. It's Beta Sedge Troll. Uh, and uh, Seb, where do people uh, find you? MTG Seb Celia on Instagram. And I think it's just Seb Celia or something on uh, Twitter. But I use the Wack Wack uh, account sometimes if I want yeah. to troll someone. So if you want to reach out to the podcast, you can do that. Wack Wack MTG and most social medias. And, um, or Wack Wack MTG at gmail.com. Or visit wack-wack.se. Or 
all the episodes and whatnot. And that's probably it. Okay, guys. Good night, good morning, or whatever, whenever you're listening to this. Thanks for Flippin' Orbs episode 25.